Hello and welcome to 10 Minute Tabletop News. I'm Devin. And I'm Darren. And here are the three biggest stories in tabletop gaming in 10 minutes or less so you can get back to playing the game. Uh, so first, Foundry has announced Crucible. This is Foundry's very own uh, game system designed to be played exclusively on their VTT. Yes, it's their very own game system, like you said, that is designed to leverage all the capabilities of a virtual tabletop. Uh, according to Foundry, it's going to have a classless progression system. It's going to have animated game uh, or automated game mechanics. Yeah, and it's going to have an open-ended spellcraft system, which is um, creating uh, dynamically composing spells with learned components. And you have this is similar to what did you say? Uh, like Ars Magica, Maze Rats. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know one kind of spell and you know another spell, you can kind of combine them yeah like having a logic to it well that's like, what I, that's what, how I'm reading between the lines on this yeah if, if we're, we're just guessing here but it's also gonna be like set, setting agnostic but fantasy leaning uh, meaning that it empowers the game master to create a create a setting that is closer to their own preferred lore if they would like and uh, you will be able to uh, sign up if you are a patreon of foundry VTT now <clears throat> why is this important um, um, I mean, it feels like another entry into the tabletop gaming space as like a new game system, right? Yes. And we've seen this happen already with Roll20 uh, when they released Burnbright, which is the proprietary game system on their VTT. Mm -hmm. We've seen the same thing when Roll did that with their game Chrome. And of course, we've seen this most recently with the recently kickstarted game Fablecraft, which is a uh, VTT RPG exclusive, uh, meaning that their VTT is only meant to be played with their game. Yeah, and they're, they just came out on Kickstarter, but they're, yeah, it's not even like going to accommodate anything out. They're building it a virtual tabletop for that game. And this is very similar to kind of what we're seeing a lot in the media space in terms of like streaming wars and console wars. It's like, as everyone kind of navigates, like how do I protect my IP and yeah. kind of the growing information age? It's like, we own it, we put it under our own umbrella. And, you know, I mean, when you think about things like Xbox where they have Halo and then you have PlayStation, which has uh, Spider-Man, mm -hmm. there are these kind of platform exclusives. And mm -hmm. that is a way not only to get new users, but it's a way to kind of retain your users. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to see how that you know turns out. Um, if this is going to be like the next path for VTTs, mm -hmm. um, having exclusive content. Um, now moving uh, on to our next story, which has similar bones. Uh, Twitch <laughs> has changed its policy for branded content in streams, and then has immediately walked back. <laughs> uh, I'm familiar, everybody. Twitch tried to attempt uh, this sweeping change mm -hmm. to uh, you know uh, logos that can be uh, shown on your overlay and uh, burned-in ads. A burned-in ad is when you run a pre-recorded video on your stream. And of course, a lot of overlays have ads like Hero Forge or WizKids or things like that. Our stream has it. Many other tabletop streams out there have it. Yeah. Critical Role? Yeah, so a lot of tabletop fans were worried about how this would affect streams like Critical Role that advertises logos built into their overlay and has their pre-recorded commercials with, and actually their streams are all pre-recorded now too, and so yeah. that's technically all burned in. So a lot of creators were quick to protest saying that like three percent of the screen is way too small and will cost them sponsors. Devin, do you want to give yeah, me I a know, visual I know, right? graphic? Like maybe of... like a, a thumbnail. Um, <laughs> a literal? But, yeah, a literal thumbnail. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Uh, we have to remember that Critical Role is the highest paid Twitch channel, is yeah. the highest viewed uh, Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. um, and like, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like in response to this backlash, you know, uh, guys, let me know if this sounds familiar. <laughs> Twitch has issued an apology and removed some of the more like hated elements of the policy. Um, but as with many of the company mishaps, uh, people are wondering uh, what the original intent of mm -hmm. Twitch's reasonings for creating this was. Uh, it's giving very much like 
Which is the coast energy. You yeah. Know what I mean, <laughs> and I mean, here's the thing is, I, I mean, my interpretation of why they did this is to get a, a piece of that pie. Um, you know, Twitch has been credited also to being a huge proponent of why tabletop RPGs have mm -hmm. grown. A lot of people, their first interaction with the hobby is actual plays. Yeah. Uh, but if Critical Role is the largest on the platform and they think that Twitch is a threat to their own ecosystem and to their as their revenue, they're going to either put all the energy into YouTube and leave Twitch altogether, or they're going to probably go like the dropout route. Yeah, and this is like similar veins to the story that we were just talking about, right? Like when these companies kind of squeeze the creators, it's just going to push them to create their own individual, whatever platform it is, yeah. to stream their own IP. Now, dropout.tv, uh, uh, you know, College Humor was making content on their own website, They were making, uh, but all their video content lived on YouTube. Yeah. And they moved uh, to their own kind of siloed content on uh that's vimeo but that's ad support uh, that's uh paid supported on their own um uh, platform and so yeah. they kind of moved away from a lot of that yeah and it's just like you know with creators right it's like you have to think about it in terms of like twitch is already getting a slice of the pie through like their membership subscription to the ads that they run and now they're kind of saying that like if you go out and you find another way to make money while on twitch they're like no sorry you can't do that we yeah. want that too and so twitch is constantly trying to find ways to continue to monetize um they're not profitable and they need they need to become it um you know ever since amazon's kind of acquired them like yeah. that is the goal uh but we're seeing more um you know of this kind of siloed content dropout.tv is a great example but so is the upcoming dungeons and dragons streaming channel right yeah um uh, it's going to be free ad supported streaming tv fast uh, and it seems that everyone is trying to do something else to kind of hold on to their own viewers. Yeah, that's the theme of today's yeah. news um, But in our last story, Paizo workers have solidified their first union contract with employer. Yes, congratulations to all the Paizo employees. Uh, so employees at Paizo, which is the publisher between Pathfinder and Starfinder, they have announced that they have ratified their first union contract with management. So congratulations, you guys. Um, uh, this, uh, this was done in uh, uh, with collaboration from the Communication Workers of America. America. Mm -hmm. um, this will result in raises, enhanced benefits, uh, insured benefits, um, you know, uh, and then protections uh, for all workers across the board. Yeah, and this is like very happy news amidst the Hollywood writer strike that's going on right now because like a lot of people in the tabletop RPG community were wondering like, shit, should like we unionize to kind of protect our own stuff? Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, um, the tabletop community is just, it's still pretty small. Right. Um, and so if it happens now, then it will kind of become the backbone. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like there's very few companies that employ enough people to really set a trend, except Paizo is probably the biggest player in the industry outside of Wizards of the Coast that you're seeing this trend happen with. And, you know, when the biggest companies do set trends, yeah. um, you know, we've noticed uh, there's been a 53% increase in interest um, in like election petitions uh, for unions from 2021 to 2022. Damn. Um, that's according to uh, the National Labor Board. Um, and then uh, the union election petitions uh, were the highest in a single year uh, this past year in 2022, um, with over 60 million people expressing interest in joining Damn. a union. With this interest, with this kind of move around unions, um, I think that means that WOTC might start seeing union pamphlets show up in break rooms. Yeah, and it'll be interesting how they respond to this with all the kind of like bad press that they've been dealing with, right? And mm -hmm. how like the second largest person in this spade is yeah. now kind of like creating a like creating a stance and creating a statement in this and how Wizards of the Coast will deal with that. I mean, That's Wizards, uh, you know, there's been tons of grumblings about unhappy workers, mm -hmm. bad leadership. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw this movement start at Wizards of the Coast as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be really hard for Wizards of the Coast to not back it. I mean, public companies will never want to back a union, yeah. right? Because it, do it affects shareholder value. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to have to battle against just another 
wave of bad press after bad press after Pinkertons after OGL. Like it just seems like a uh, a, a fight they can't win. Yeah, and like with an industry that is so based in like creativity and writing and all that stuff, it's like it's something they're gonna have to deal with eventually. Yeah. Um, well, hey, those are the three stories we have today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like the show and you want to support us, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Total Party Chill. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye.